0: We say hello and Gamadroba to Halftime at Midnight, your podcast about Georgian football in English. My name is Amir and it's of course a pleasure to introduce my good friend and also co-host on the other side of the globe, Kahi.
1: Hi Amir and hello everyone. Thank you for the warm welcome. Um, also, I wanted to welcome everybody to our 15th episode, rolling up a bit the international football concerning Euro and Copa America. But at the same time, starting with the Gold Cup and the European Club Tournaments on their qualifying stages. So yes, thankfully, with some football still happening around us and a lot of topics to cover, as usual, Amir.
0: Yes, of course. And uh, let let me just remind you and also everybody who listens that we will uh, go a bit away from the usual structure. And uh, that means the Supra is a bit uh, skipped as we are kind of focusing on mainly the European uh, adventures for the Georgian club. And that continues now as the first round has started. But first, before we go into those games... We will start with an internal uh, kind of domestic view on the transfers. So let's start with that. On the transfer side, remember that last week, Kari, uh, we spoke about uh, the very interesting young player leaving Dinamo Tbilisi for Dinamo Moscow, Luka Gagnitsem. Uh, the only difference this time, what's happened since we spoke about it last time, is that uh, it's a confirmed loan now to Ural. And uh, this kind of caused a bit negative reactions from most people that i've that I've seen. what's what's your opinion on on him leaving on loan?
1: I agree with you and uh, with the reaction of the people, Emiro. because you know the first reaction uh, I mean the first news we had about it, it was that uh, Gagnija will be playing with Dinamo Polisi until the end of the Georgian season, which kind of gave us a little bit of higher hopes to. To see him in the team for the European tournaments and now this is just a radical change I believe that they do it because of the adaptation to Russia you know it's still a different country the boy is really young maybe language matters and uh, the overall playing style in the Russian Premier League and they want him to to learn a bit a bit uh, a bit more um, but I'm, I'm not sure if, if, if this is a great news for him um, I'm, I'm honestly I don't, I don't know what to what to think because he's one of the best talents, and again we see one of the best, uh, let's say prospects for Georgian football, kind of stuck somewhere. So I'm I'm, I'm not sure what, what kind of reaction should we have about it.
0: I guess the only re- reaction should be okay, now he's going to loan to a smaller club. The expectation is that he starts those games, and and gets some, some playing time and performs well. And then maybe then the following season uh, he will be more permanent with Dinamo Moscow. But it was a bit of a strange move because of the different uh, the different sort of sources of information there who claimed that he would stay and participate in the European adventure now with Dynamo, for example. But uh, well, for us it's good anyway. We are not really spoiled with having young talents uh, abroad, and if he plays, then. I guess there's not much to complain about in reality there. Uh, move on mm-hmm. to the next uh, bit of transfer news, uh, Kaji, I know you have opinions on this one because it's not a really a completed transfer. It's an almost completed transfer, but it fell apart.
1: Are you speaking about Gurkweli rejecting the 500k you know, with Panathinaikos? <laughs> <cost. laughs> yes. <laughs> well, actually, I have a question for you in this one, Emir. Um, do you think why or based on what is Gurkweli asking more money? Because as far as, far as I know, it's been... Playing, well, not playing because he, he was not even a starter for Rotor during the last semester. And during the last years actually, he's been a complete uh, un- unstable career. I mean, I'm not sure if, if rejecting 500k on his conditions, it's a it's a very smart move.
0: No, it's not smart. It's not smart, but... As a football player, you, you, you think that you're top of the world and you look at your previous contracts and think that oh, I can easily find something similar or even better. And they're, yeah, they are surrounded by connections who will make their lives financially good anyway. So I'm guessing he has good reason. Or he might have something else in the background, um which is more sort of, uh, more enticing, so to speak. So maybe 500k in Panetta is is maybe the third best option that, that he has. Um, so it's a matter of him picking country or something like that now. But I agree with you, he is on a, he's in sort of a bad career condition. Um, yeah, it, it feels strange uh, to reject a club like Panathinaikos, first of all, and, and the Greek league is quite decent for, for his, his sort of level.
1: You know they were saying that Cuquella was looking at him uh, between the top five leagues in Europe, but you know based on what I what I just said, I mean, you you actually referred to, not sure if he has the uh, the condition right now because in the past yes he was one of to me one of the best central defenders in Europe. Actually, I was really secure about his quality, and he was just shining everywhere. You know, he was really complete. A lot of eyes were following him, but right now we have to be honest, Cuquella is completely out of form. Yeah, I'm not sure if if jumping from from Rotor to let's say any any top club is a is a good idea. Uh, but Panathinaikos to me it looked pretty pretty promising. When I when I saw the news, I was really happy. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm a bit disappointed with with with, with, the, with the resolution. Hopefully, he has something in in the list like a priority. Yeah, hopefully, that's that's the, that's the reason why he rejected it.
0: Hmm. Yeah, we would need. Uh, let's say, playing centre-backs uh, for the national team as well. So it's good if he finds a club where he's trusted in and, and gets some playing time. And soon. And soon, yeah. Don't drag it out.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, we had uh, probably the weirdest transfer in maybe all of Europe, I would say, is Arabids joining Samtredia, the last team in Eronulli Liga. And Arabids, as we know, is probably one of the most talented players who didn't turn out Great, so to speak. Understand me correctly in this case. Not saying he's terrible, but potential. uh, But it didn't really turn out what everyone expected. Do you agree? And now he sits in Santredia, last in Erno Liga.
1: Yes, uh, we were speaking that joining Rotor was one of his last opportunities to to shine again because he was decreasing in his career. He went from, from the top to the bottom. Uh, he had everything on his side, but now he uh, kind of wasted it. I'm not sure why or, or what happened. I don't see this guy being uh, like mentally weak. Uh, I follow him, and he looks to be a really uh, kind of uh, a person who trains a lot, uh, who prepares himself. He's, he has good quality. But unfortunately, and we have spoken about this before here in, in our episodes, and it's, it's part of a list of talents that we have wasted during the last years. We can mention Kenya, Chanturia. Uh, unfortunately, the list is really long. Uh, and, uh, now, right now, I'm thinking that Arabidze is joining that list. Not sure why he's returning to, to Georgia. Maybe he wants to follow the steps of Kuram Kasia and recover his, uh, let's say his form. But Kasia was 33 when he returned. I mean, Arabid is still young and this is not a smart move unless he has something on his back as well. But uh, from, from, from what we see from here, um, it looks like he's just, uh, let's say, diving in his career and just uh, ending it
0: up. Absolutely. I challenge anyone to find a more strange transfer in all of Europe, maybe the world, than Ararbeeta to Santredia. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. And, and I, also, I also wanted to ask you, why Santredia? I mean, he has a good, uh, like good experience already. He has a good really talented player. And we have four teams playing in Europe. And some of the teams, and we'll speak about this later, some of the teams are actually complaining about them having no options of, of, of getting new, new new boys in their in their teams. So why not to get Aravitia? I mean, uh, not sure what's going on with him, but he's not not such such bad right now to just join the last team in the Magdeburg Liga. Who could uh, develop in any other Georgian club? I mean, wh- what's going on there? It's, it's kind of, it's really strange indeed.
0: It will be interesting to read a comment or some sort of interview of uh, what's the what's the end goal with the yeah, what's the purpose of the transfer? Yeah. Um, that that would be it. Uh, if we stay in Georgia for a little bit and we talk about transfers in Georgia in, in, in particular, then we still have Shengelia and Guilia who have been, I guess, in contact with Dynamo Tbilisi, but still not uh, signed. If that was ever the plan.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, other two interesting talents. Um, I think that they could play in, in, in any, let's say, maybe not in the top leagues, but maybe they could join a, uh, different teams. And they actually developed nicely, right? You know, Gwilya was really good in Poland. Shengelia was not so bad in Turkey. So uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure if they're going to stay there in, in Georgia. Um, do you see them, like, abroad? Maybe joining Temurik Etspaya in Anarthosis, Emir.
0: They could play... Um... I'm guessing they could play there, they could play in Greece, they could play in Austria, these kind of leagues. Like I said, not not the sort of top leagues. But um, I, I know that they were sort of in, in talks with joining Dynamo, i guessing maybe for the European adventures, but that didn't happen for whatever reason. Uh, and now they sit there without clubs. Uh, we'll see where they end up. So there's a lot of, let's say, unclosed deals uh for many Georgian players, actually. And the same goes Kari, for Zurich or who is leaving Rubin Kazan. And uh, it's said that a new club will be known soon. Uh, not sure where that will be now he has some years in Russia. Mm-hmm. Is he leaving Russia? Is he joining uh, the Cyprus gang? Who, who knows? Who knows?
1: Yeah, I, I'm guessing that it's too much barking and no biting. You know that's what's happening with with Davit I'm I'm not personally a huge fan because uh, I've seen better players uh, wasting their talent, their careers for Georgia. If you ask me, for example, personally believe that Arabite is better than David Astrilli, Maybe this will kind of uh, create some conflict among some of the people who are listening. But yeah, uh, Zurico is good. I'm I'm not saying he's not. But, um, you know, the, he has been compared to, to legendary talents of, of Georgia, and that's to me a mistake. Um, now this move will be the most important for, for, for his future. We'll see what is what is made of. Uh, but uh, right now, if he's such a talent as they say, he should have been already kind of assigned somewhere. And he's not. So I've, I'm kind of trying to keep my expectations low here. Uh, but uh, yeah, maybe for the next episode we'll we'll know his destination. But hopefully he will he will have a a, a club where he has the opportunity to develop much better.
0: Yes, definitely. Yeah. Uh, but don't worry, people, because there are still at least there's one Georgian who did pick a club already. Not everyone are just waiting around and not signing and being sent on loans because David Kocholava he was actually uh bought by Copenhagen i believe for 2.5 million euros the fee ended on and uh, i know in denmark they're really curious about what kind of player is he uh what to expect and so on because rightfully so not everyone have super you know uh follows the georgian players uh, abroad so this was a bit of a shocker name but obviously he he played in in Schachter for a very long time and uh, has some Champions League appearances, so he has a good CV. But do, do you want to, what do you sort of f- predict for Koçalava in a league like the Danish one and in a top team like Copenhagen is? Because their expectations are really high.
1: Yeah, you know, the funny thing about this is that I've seen a lot of a lot of times in my life that Georgian players and Costa Rican players are in the same team. You know, that's really, uh, you know, what, what are the odds for that? And it happens really often. And right now, Hocholava is joining Brian Oviedo in in Copenhagen, and, and you know it's it's kind of I don't know it's kind of weird uh, weird feeling for me as a as a semi as a half Georgian and half Costa Rica. But you know, um, going back to the topic of Hocholava himself, uh, he's a very good central defender. I consider him one of the most important players of the national team in the, in the back line. To be honest, uh, he has Champions League and Europa League experience on his back. Uh, really good performances with Shakhtar, especially. Uh, let's say he's a really strong defender. Uh, he, he, he was strong in, 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 in before in his first steps when he started with, in, in the Georgian Umaglesi. he started with Saburtalo. Um, you know, then he played with Dinamo Spolis, his short career. Then Chernomorets in Odessa, he was really strong, really nice. And, and with Shakhtar, he's been really consistent. Um, You know, uh, where he has to be consistent, and that's the word, he has developed. You know, sometimes we have criticized Hocholava for his performances with the national team. But with Georgia, he has always different guys surrounding him. If you see the lineups when Hocholava plays in the starting lineup, he has always a different team around him. So it's kind of hard to, to take conclusions from that. Uh, but when he plays in the club and he has this kind of a, a stable uh, lineup around, then he he kind of finds his place and and starts developing better results. So I'm guessing that he will be also the the main central defender for Georgia in the upcoming years, by the way. Um, I'm sure that he will fit correctly there, especially because of his international experience. But uh, uh, about the Danish league itself, maybe you can give a better comment there, because I'm not uh, very familiar, I don't follow the league, like watching games or, or whatever. But I'm, I'm guessing that his, his way of playing, because he's strong, and, but not so slow, he can run fast and he's good with the ball and his feet. Maybe he can adapt himself really, really fine. And not only in the Danish league, but also in Copenhagen for their international, uh, let's say, adventure, right? Do you agree with that? Or are you just uh, more on the side that you want to see what he can do in the first games and then take your, your conclusions?
0: Well, of course, I, I I want to do that, but I see many uh, Danish fans. Uh, many are wondering uh, at what what sort of level, what what is there to expect, and I saw some comments that uh, from other Georgian uh, uh, kind of media outlets that uh, he's for sure going to be the best central defender in the Danish league. Uh, I say that's not true immediately, but he certainly can be, and. It's just a matter of uh, adaptation to the league. And if he reaches the sort of consistency and the level he did in Shakhtar, then he will be absolutely up there. But let's be said that the Danish league is is pretty strong, to be honest. Um, So I I think it's a great move. I really like when we have uh, Georgian presence in the Scandinavian leagues. Um, We're not really spoiled with that up up here. We had one in Sweden. And well, I know that in Denmark, there there have been a few uh, through the years. So now I'm happy that we have a prime central defender sort of in a good team uh, in Denmark as well.
1: You know what? And uh, Emira, he's the second Georgian joining Copenhagen. Uh, before it was uh, Mikhail Asvetia; He did it in the early 2000 mm. years. But he only played five games. So, so it's not a good statistic. But overall, he's the eighth Georgian. And usually when Georgians go to Denmark, they're, they're consistent. Uh, they, I remember the uh, Skirtladze Vatsadze. Um, they played uh, plus 60 games so yeah hopefully this is going to be a, 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 good, a good story for, for, for Denmark for Cholava and for us as well
0: yeah no for sure I expect him to play more than 5 games so it, it won't be a difficult record <laughs> to to break <laughs> hopefully hopefully uh, no I think that was it on the transfer side um, and we will now move on to the European games for the Georgian teams <laughs> And we start, of course, with the main game because it was a Champions League qualifier between Dinamo Tbilisi and Neftchi Baku. And uh, beforehand, we said that this would be an easy game for Neftchi. Of course, now they won with two-one, but it was everything but easy for them. Um, Kaki what what are your comments? Because many were surprised about uh, how the game looked. Not surprised by the result, but how the game actually looked. <laughs>
1: Yes, I agree with you, and honestly, the result isn't isn't surprising at all. Uh, we were truly expecting Dinamo Tbilisi to lose this match, but uh, the uncomfortable thing here is that actually the game went a bit different in the sense that Dinamo really dominated Neftci, uh, which means uh, personally I expected more from Nefchi and less from Dinamo at the same time. But at the end, it it doesn't matter because the result is exactly what I would say before the match, and I remember we. Uh, Emir, we together we gave 5% to Dynamo only. Uh, the thing is that it is disappointing that Georgian clubs are wasting this kind of golden opportunities to reach major tournaments. I mean, if we choose Dynamo from earlier years when they had a little bit of a better team, they would simply crush this Neftchi because honestly, Neftchi, with all the respect, was looking way out of form and out of competition, really accessible. So it is a pity that despite the fact, yet they are able to qualify walking against which is um, supposed to be the best team of Georgia. So, yeah, the, the second match is still on. result doesn't doesn't seem impossible. Uh, but I honestly don't see Dinamo to qualifying um, on, on this one, because they don't have quality enough. In here. Um, do you agree with me? Uh, I, I mean, uh, do you think, uh, well, the result seems normal. When you want to, you can still play. The away goals uh, has vanished. But, but still it's the same dynamo we've seen for the last months and uh, it's not good enough uh
0: no i agree i agree that also that dynamo completely outplayed Nefci, but there were two i think there were two times that Nefci actually passed or well came into the final third of dynamo and one time they got a penalty uh, well they got two penalties actually <laughs> yes uh, after the first one being missed and they of course capitalized on the other and in the first half, Arasgarov uh, made a really nice uh, lob after Khashgadze kind of mistimed his run uh, and left the goal. And of course, it was a really nice finish. To it should be said, they were really clinical, but they were up in Dinamo's half like twice with an established possession and capitalized both times. But I think the the picture would be completely different uh, in uh, in Azerbaijan. Um, so no, Dinamo will probably not, call, uh, not qualify. I, I would say here it's too. They are they are not synced. They are uh, just creating a team on the spot, like like I said before, signing foreigners just a day or two before such important matches. That's that's a quick fix, uh, with no yeah no possibilities really. And uh, if we move our eyes away from the game and we we'll look at what happened in the post-match press conference, there were some interesting quotes being said by coach Zgadadze uh, actually, and regarding the club's transfer activity, he said that we cannot make transfers in advance, and we only had uh, yeah, we could only add this this uh, Osei a player uh, basically, and he said that overall bringing a foreigner to Georgia means a lot of complex problems. And he mentioned that they had specifically, he had talked to a previous player uh, of his from Kazakhstan, I believe, um, and seemed to be on board with joining Dinamo, but in the end it didn't happen because uh, he got an offer elsewhere and, well, Dinamo was sort of uh, abandoned by by this unknown player. But that tells you a bit about the planning of Dynamo, right? And what do you think of these comments saying that it's a it's associated with complex problems? What does it mean?
1: Well, as I see, it's had soul in this in this player from Kazakhstan, like a savior of Georgian football, right? the the God who will come and, and <laughs> put Dynamo in the Champions League group stage. Uh, well, I'm, I mean, I I'm, I'm not sure if this deserves a comment. It's just nonsense. I mean, I understand current challenges as per COVID, but this is a problem which uh, we have seen. In Dinamo's policy, happening for many, many long years in and um, these are pure excuses. To me, it's nonsense, and I do not accept this word. Actually, um, I would, uh, I would, uh, let's say, I would accept something which is closer to a decent argument, not this. Um, you mm-hmm. know, two days before, and we couldn't sign a player. Oh my God! you are playing the Champions League qualifiers, and you have one year to prepare. This is not a last day, let's say, homework. You know. Mm. Uh, By the way, he also said that they wanted to postpone the match from Umaglesi League against Dinamo Batumi and he complained that Batumi rejected the proposition. I mean, this is just nonsense, man. You you can't take this seriously. You you expect something more uh, professional from a coach. I mean, I I expected much more from him. European clubs, they play local cup league, international major tournaments at the same time. So this just makes Dinamo look more foolish.
0: Yeah, it's harsh words uh, that we are uh, coming here with uh, toward, t- towards towards Dinamo, of course. Here, but uh, there was another comment uh, which I want to have your opinion on. It was called well. Uh, he was asked about the future, just in a very ge- uh, in very generic terms. What about the future? And the answer was, our future will depend on many things, and if we decide to take Dinamo Tbilisi all the way, then we will have a lot of talking and planning. It's so vague. I don't know what to say. What does this even mean? our future will depend on many things what do you think he he targets
1: well i'm guessing that what he's targeting is that he will he will lose the game against Baku and he doesn't know if he will continue in the team that's it that, that's that's hmm. you know when you're setting a, a major tournament you, you that's not the answer you give for the future the future what's the future our future is to qualify our future is to overcome the results and to play hard in Baku. our future is to play against uh, i'm not sure who's the next Arrival, I, I forgot Olympia it was mm-hmm. our future is to get stronger for the Olympiacos. Our, our future is to uh, develop more strategic yeah. plans that's that's the answer you know the answer is not oh we'll see what happens and uh, no that's just crying <laughs> that's just crying I mean I respect I love sadada I respect it. and one he's one of the my favorite players mm-hmm. and even as a coach I like him but this is just I when I when I was reading and and watching the small the short videos of the conference I was just you know my 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 blood was boiling man it's it's just unacceptable I don't see the the lack of motivation and lack of professionalism it's it's just you know it destroys me man that's that's crazy
0: of course and I've been active on Twitter just um uh speaking a bit about Dynamo and had some comments from, I guess, people who are in and around the stadium and maybe knows people around the club and they have kind of witnessed and said that uh, uh, there's a lack of desire by even the leading people. There's no one who wants to take the flag and go first, you know, and show the way. Um, that, that there's sort of a certain poison in the management. And speaking about the management, we saw the kind of heated scenes there uh, during the match of sort of... Uh, yeah, vocal exchanges about uh, mainly targeting uh, PP, of course, being the owner, and uh, there's a lot to be said about this. But it's a very, very affected relationship, and I- I'm wondering what do you think needs to happen? Like, do you think that they will resign? Do you think that they will just stay and not care and continue Dynamo's misery uh, for the yeah biggest club in the country is having some he's not having a lot of harmony uh, right now
1: I'm guessing in the upcoming in the coming match home in Pel there are gonna be a lot of people uh, like asking PPS hand especially after after watching the, the futures of this of this match and the confrontation they had uh but you know this is a sp- this is a topic we have spoken before Emir it is indeed hard to believe how such team is, is drawn in the deep darkness since so long I mean I've seen the management of, of way lower and weaker and more poor teams around the globe, doing miracles with their limited resources. And Dinamo which which could be a majestic destination to any intelligent investor in football, with all its conditions, history, fans, stadium achievements, not recent job achievements, though. I mean, it is a, a paradise to make a successful business. But uh, this is when you have to block all your football management knowledge and try to understand Dinamo Police's management as a complete different sphere. Especially when you get to the stadium and you want to take some pictures and there's there's no way to get in unless there's an event going on. I mean, there's no tour whatsoever. The store is a joke. Besides, expensive, it has limited articles. The online shop is still in the 90s. I mean, basic small steps which are easy to take. You don't see them going on in Dinamo. I mean, in Costa Rica, we have clubs from second division who have better organization. And I'm, not, I'm I'm just simply done with excuses. There's no excuse for mediocre mentality. There's no excuse for unsuccessful management. Either you're having conflict of interests, or simply you're not good enough. You know. Hmm. Now you could take this as a, as a direct as a direct criticism toward PPA, but honestly, this problem problem is happening with every Georgian club, and has happened with Dynamo and uh, and the other for the rest uh, for for all these 30 years. Uh, but Emir. I see enough resources. I simply see no motivation towards a constructive football business. Is there something I'm missing here? Do you see something different from there? Maybe I'm just uh, being uh, really criti- critical here and I'm just unfair. I I I don't I don't know. What do you think?
0: No, I, cause I wrote the same. It's a bit provocative when you see clubs in smaller smaller football nations, I, I would say, uh, such as Latvia or, you know, uh, the Baltics yes. having proper strategies which actually work Uh, you can see on their signings that they are planning ahead they are targeting a specific region they know what they're doing step by step and uh, a club like Dynamo with all the resources and like we said all the conditions that they have available is just wasted by uh, uh I mean by non non kind of no initiatives happening at all and you can hear in the way that you're talking and other people talking with such passion. If only the passion existed in the Dinamo office, then you wonder what would happen. So I hope, I mean, we we have seen now around in Europe, there have been protests on the very, very big scene towards the American, uh, you know, owned clubs and stuff like that. But Dinamo have now their own little drama as well, uh, protesting against their owner. So it seems to be a trend in Europe, and not only for Dynamo, but if we talk about Georgian football, I wish that they would be the Georgian example, you know, as the biggest club in the country, to show the way of saying, "Look how successful we we can become by taking these and these and these steps." Um, but yeah, I think just uh, the will is, is what is lacking.
1: I absolutely agree, and this is not just for a result because even italy the national team of italy they didn't qualify for the last world cup oh, this is yeah. not about result this is about what you said the will uh, that's that's the word the, wo- the the will the motivation they have and when you don't see that when you see this mediocre excuses and this this their behavior as management that's where you get disappointed that's the problem
0: absolutely i agree should we leave Dinamo Tbilisi with those words uh fire and no sugar on on top for for Dinamo this time. Uh not at all. Let, no not, not not at all. Let's talk about the conference league games. Uh Gilina against Dila. We said before I said at least Gilina is a step too high for Dila. Uh, but then you watched the game more than I did and uh, you said that actually Dilla plays plays well and better uh, during many periods but still the result is written 5-1 for Zilina.
1: yes i'm i'm shocked with Dilla because the first half was, uh, was very equal and even highly dominated by Dilla they lost to nil in the first half but Dilla was looking much better i have to be honest uh, i can't understand how they missed five or six clear 99% goal opportunities. But uh, in the half cut, uh, I was actually thinking that this was a very possible match for Dila and I expected them to actually give a nice battle back. But now this sounds like a joke when we see the result. You know, this is uh, this is where we can show, it proves what Georgian mentality is about. Even if Dila is fulfilled with a lot of foreigners. This is just lack of discipline, concentration and just mental encouragement. Uh, I'm simply out of words, you know. You're preparing one year for this. And you go and and you lose five one, um, especially in a game which seems that you have dominated. Uh, I'm, I'm just I'm just very disappointed. Um, the second game has no no sense. Some of them they said that they will uh, fight back. Maybe what we need right now is is a victory just for the points because um, Georgian hmm. league has has just drawn in the in the welfare ratings. So yeah, this is really serious.
0: Yeah, five one is a heck of a. For result, and I saw that uh, Gilina actually had a really, really young team on, on the field, many of them being 20, 21, 22. There's I don't know if there's a single player more than over 25. It was a really young team. I was thinking that okay, maybe Dila can sort of play on their inexperience, and um, but it, it didn't seem like it. Uh, Gilina also didn't impress, I guess, uh, play wise, but score wise. Sure, it's hard to argue that it was a bad performance there. So Dila, we can confirm them out by now, I'm guessing, because we had uh, had four matches, uh, three losses for the Georgian team, and only one victory. Uh, We'll get to that one victory at the end to finish on a high note, but uh, before we do that, we will uh, talk about Gagra's adventure in Montenegro when they played uh, Succesca, and they lost 1-0, but stood up well for a second-division side, which many expected uh, nothing from.
1: Yeah, actually, actually they represented our country much better than the rest, uh, even if they were quite acceptable uh, and even got more opportunities than, than their hosts. I'm sure they will not qualify, Emir, to the next round. Um, I'm sure that actually they will lose at home, because this is what happens when, when this new standard Georgian clubs go to Europe. But... But well, you know, I appreciate them trying. I mean, I could ask for I could ask for better results to the top Georgian teams, but uh, I would ask them not to be crushed. you know when I when you see gagra, you 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 want to see that uh, they represent the country, but they're not crushed as Dila was, for example. that's what mm-hmm. I asked them. But at the end, in the last minute, I was actually expecting Gagra to score and to tie, you know and and, and something something interesting. and Gagra from second division getting a very acceptable one nil result, which, uh, Uh, They could fight back. You know, I mean, I am just, I buy it. You know, I'm very proud of the boys. And uh, this is because they play with the heart. And that's the difference. I I really liked it. Uh, But it was hard to find the the stream, right?
0: Yes, it was very hard to find find a way to watch the game. So I had to follow it in written form. And I guess see some numbers here and there. And uh, I've seen a video clip afterwards, uh, one which got a lot of attention uh, from Gagra Was uh, Gaga Kikita's speech in the locker room after the game? And uh, for me, who not who doesn't speak a lot of Georgian, it was hard to capture. So uh, m- maybe you want to translate about what was that clip about?
1: Yeah, it was basically a very nice, uh, nice motivational speech. Uh, he pushed the guys on their to their limits, uh, like asking them to realize how important this opportunity was for for them individually and collectively. Also, asking for their responsibility as they were now representing not only Georgia but its more recent painful history. Right, uh, mm-hmm. that's something we've mentioned before about the name and and what Gagra represents for for all of us. So it was really touching. I, I mean, uh, it was a constant speech, um, kind of a more uh, a rugby rugby team speech, you know. But you know the the Kikitaze is really young, right? You, you you mentioned to me that he he could be one of the youngest coaches in in, in the whole tournament. So um, you know it was really nice to see the the power he has in in, in the locker room, and at the end also uh, the the influence he has in, in in on the pitch because the team uh, performed decently. And this is the kind of leaders we need. And he's young, and maybe he has a different mentality overall. So. Yeah, that's that's really cool to see. I'm really proud of the boys and also the coach. I would, if some of them is is listening, I, I really want to congratulate them for 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 this.
0: Absolutely, uh, Gagra leaves with her head high from Montenegro. That was something that we needed, but uh, something that we can celebrate, Kaki, is a victory. How about that? <laughs>
1: Well, it, it depends. It depends on oh, what what kind of victory you, you speak about.
0: <laughs> well, I, I'm speaking about uh, uh, the game in San Marino, Trepenne against Batumi, and Batumi won 4-0. And I want to say, after 4-0, I saw a joke saying that Batumi made 4-penne. <laughs> that's, <a, laughs>
1: that's a good one. <laughs>
0: that's a good one. Um, and it's not just any tre penne. it They have my Do you remember my con? Of course. You no, know, uh, I was yeah.
1: laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go oh, Sorry.
0: Now you said that he had the honor to face uh, Batumi.
1: <laughs> well, I, I'm <laughs> guessing that Batumi had the honor to face Niko. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually really fit. He's really fit despite his age. I, I was really surprised, but by... he didn't play the whole game. But uh, the time he did, he was really strong in the back. Yeah, and I liked him. I like to. I like to see him back on the pitch.
0: Yeah, and I guess four 0 was not unexpected. That was I expected. Just a. Comfortable win. Don't make this dramatic. Even though you are Georgian, don't make it overly dramatic.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I was laughing at, at, as I was reading some comments earlier about, uh, about this match. And Georgian football fans were actually mocking Dinamo Batumi as they had a, an easy rival, you know? And honestly speaking, I'm glad that with the result, I'm sure, uh, I mean, any other Georgian team would would struggle against Repene. They could actually even lose, you know? So at this point, I'm happy for, for Dinamo Batumi because even... Even when you see them, uh, even when you see to be more powerful on on the paper, you have to show your superiority in the result. So Trepene isn't an easy team. They are out of form and have new characters joining. Uh, You can't expect them to be highly competitive, but they're not an amateur, as many people believe. And after what I saw from Georgian clubs in Europe and in the Glesi Liga, uh, I would dare to say that Trepene being in Georgian Numa Liga, they could have good options to be on the top of the table. Honest word, be ready. Um, so, so being that said, Batumi shouldn't have major issues at home in, in that beautiful stadium. And most probably they will be facing Bate Borisov in the next stage. And there's where we'll see what, what is Dinamo Batumi made of. That's what I, I would agree. say.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Should we already dare to look at uh, Borisov after 4 or should we uh, calm ourselves a bit?
1: Maybe we have to be modest and honest but uh, <laughs> and, and wait a bit. I, I don't see Batumi losing 5-0 against Trepen in, in, in Batumi. But anyways, uh, no. if you want to speak about Bati, I do believe that this is a really strong competitor. And um, I'm not sure. Batumi is not signing anyone, right? They didn't sign anyone. Just Flammarion who returned.
0: Yes, correct? Flammarion who is there who will help them. Um, and uh, well, if they now end up uh, playing uh, Borisov then i I rate that game a very 50-50 matchup. I have high hopes for Batumi, and it's easy to say that they will be on the dogs against a club like Borisov's kind of reputation, but no, uh, that's not the way at all. I I would rate it as a 50-50 game. At home in their new stadium, anything can happen. They can get a result. Now, let's remember that the away goal is scrapped, so you Mm -hmm. can't go to, let's say, Belarus just... Scoring a goal, thinking that life is good, you have to push hard, continue. There's no, there's no reason to play defensive football uh, in any of the games now. Mm,
1: yes, and I see that people are going to be in the stadium in both of the matches. Because in Belarus, I think that they don't have restrictions for the assistance. And in Batumi, they're allowing people to go. So I'm guessing that this uh, on the, on the on the spectators' wise. It's going to be really nice to see. And I really hope to see Batumi fans uh, doing some kind of nice spectacles there, maybe also to help uh, a little bit and intimidate our rivals. That could be really nice to see. Uh, this is going to be for me one of the most important games in in, in the season for our Georgian clubs, the the Batumi hosting battle. Um So yeah, hopefully it's going to be uh, it's going to have a good a good ending.
0: Absolutely, let's hope so, Gary. Uh, as we now move on after the European adventures' first legs to just some other random good news, I guess. Uh, well, hopefully, good news. Um, we said before, Karhi, that uh, we should forget about Chakwe. He's he's done. He's out. But actually, he's being back. He's back in in shape. It looks like.
1: Yes, and also he he apparently has all his staff and management backing him because uh, some Turkish clubs were asking his services, the transfers, and uh, Gantz management just said no, right? They just, uh, apparently, they're planning to use him. Do you see that uh, well, as a good sign?
0: Yes, that's what I was thinking when they said that, uh, well, Trabzon Stor- board were interested.
1: Oh, it was Trabzon, uh, right?
0: I think it was Trabzon, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they refused to negotiate or even uh, sell him. They said, no, we will... Uh, he's not for sale that must be a good sign considering he has not had much impact on the pitch but they seem to support him in a in a comeback and he's he's looking good apparently so that's very positive news even though he had the chance to go and play uh, in for with Marek marakamshik that would be quite a quite a legendary partnership
1: <laughs> that's of a potentially good speaking. For it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you know you know something else uh, it, apparently we're recovering some of our injured guys the, the this kind of the, the holidays apparently fit, fit really nice on, on our boys and Sita is is also back and I'm personally very happy because he played with Dinamo Kiev we're not sure if he's staying there for the season but uh, for, so far he's looking really nice and the good thing is that he could be available for our upcoming national team matches because he was already a citizen of Georgia as well so mm-hmm. yeah this is a really good news
0: Absolutely. We need uh, our boys to keep healing. So keep healing everyone. <laughs> we are not really spoiled <laughs> with that. <laughs> it's usually the other way around. Um, Unfortunately, I'll, yeah. Yes. I was seeing that um, Kitish really is having a fantastic uh, preseason with Sturm Graz, Gary. scores. Uh, I'm seeing clips uh, almost daily, but it, it feels daily, but it's like very often now that he, I see him Involved in goals and assists during pre-season. And uh, yeah, he seems to warm up well and seemingly staying in Graz.
1: Do you think he will move to the Bundesliga? There are a lot of rumours about it.
0: I wouldn't be surprised. I would like it to happen. But I also see him a very important player for Graz, And I see that uh, they would be happy to keep him, probably. It depends on depends on the offer and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. But he's... a uh, he might be one of the best in his position in in the austrian league
1: maybe one more one more season right one one more season and then
0: yeah maybe maybe one more season but it's nice to see him warming up well because normally he's having a bit of a slow start and then he gets in a streak and 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 yeah he has those kind of sporadic moments. So it's good to see him now warming up uh, really nicely.
1: Uh, Emir and also uh, Sturmgratz is playing in the playoff of the Europa League. So even if they I mean, if they win in the playoff, they will qualify to the group stage of the Europa League. If they lose in the playoff, they're qualifying to the group stage of, of the Conference League. So apparently Sturm will have, one way or another, uh, a an European adventure, uh, at least uh, a guarantee of eight, eight, eight matches. So that's also good for, for Kite to show his skills on the international level as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully he can keep fit as well because there are there's, there's times where he's also uh, not getting the consistency because of like injuries and stuff.
1: Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, that's, that's the main task.
0: Yes. And uh, actually there's a reason to watch League One if you're not uh, normally doing it. Uh, like myself, I'll admit I don't watch a lot of League One, but now there's a reason because uh, Mikotadz seems to be now like belonging to Mets, and there's a there's a there's an ambition and hope that he will be part of the first team and yeah, like start games uh, and rightly so I think after what he showed in 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 Belgium the previous season.
1: Yeah, I have a huge hope on this on this boy. Last night, actually, I wanted to share with you, I had a dream that, uh, that made me think. Because uh, in the dream, the, the, the national team, uh, there was a guy who was celebrating a hat-trick. And I remember that in the dream, I was really happy. And then I just I just woke up and I was like, okay, who, who was the last player who scored a hat-trick for the national team? Actually, it was Sotar Velaz a lot of years ago. I do, I do believe it was against Faraway Islands with Top Mueller and, and in those years. Uh, I mean, we. This is not something you see often. I do believe, and I'm gonna put my put my name on this that I do believe that Mikhail Taji is going to be the next Georgian player on scoring a hat trick for the national team. So, if he wants to do that, he needs to be consistent in matches, <laughs> and he needs to be uh, really. He needs to find his, his way on, on on a further constructive career. So, uh, I have really huge hopes on the boy. Really happy that he's staying there. And yes, uh, my uh, myself, uh, I agree with you, Emir. I, I don't follow the League One a lot. I just, here and there, I watched a couple of games of Nantes, which is a team I, I fancy with. So, yeah, maybe maybe now it's time to to get more aggressive towards the the French League.
0: Absolutely. No, it'll be fun to follow. It's not often that we have players in these sort of top leagues. And uh, he's young, and if he can take League One by storm, let's hope, um, then it's really, really interesting. I'm glad we finally have... Uh, he will face
1: Sergio now. Ramos. You see, he will face Sergio Ramos because he's a PSG, uh, and uh, and uh, you know a lot of strong defenders. It's, he will he will learn a lot from that.
0: Ramos will learn a lot. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: that, that's a good one. <laughs> he has never he has never faced such a player, right?
0: <laughs> no, it will be a new acquaintance, so he must be on his toes. <laughs> Um, Maybe no. the big
1: C can join as well. That would be a good a good challenge for Ramos.
0: <laughs> Definitely. No, you see, uh, I, I I like your dream, but I was thinking when you said hat trick that do you realize that the national team has to score three times and that's not every day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, well, thank when you, you for it. that. <laughs> it <Yeah>. just destroyed <laughs> my dream, but but okay, I I stick with it. You know, no problem. I was
0: thinking against who do we have to play? <laughs>
1: We, yeah we have to wait a little a little bit longer especially now yeah. that we don't have so many friendly games you know we, we have the nation's league uh we have the qualifying groups which are really hard so yeah yeah maybe we can we have to wait uh maybe 10 20 years to 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 see that happening again
0: yeah now let's open up it's it's about time and also it's about time to score from a set piece which we haven't done in i don't know how long was i born i'm not sure if i was born uh, since the last set, uh, goals from a set piece happened for the national team.
1: That's a good one. The last time I, I, I remember us scoring from a set piece, it was an on goal <laughs> So that's not a good reference, by the way.
0: <laughs> no, it still counts.
1: Oh, it's, okay, then 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 it's good. <laughs> uh,
0: no, we look forward to national team games and the seasons coming up. Many players are in pre-season and looking surprisingly good. So there's reason to be optimistic. Uh, also reason to be optimistic for some of our Uh, teams in Europe uh, as they enter the second round and onwards. We'll be back again in two weeks. Uh, That being said, we close this episode. Thank you guys for listening and we say as always, Nacho